0: Employment Rights Ireland. My name is Terry Gorey. I'm a solicitor and this podcast is a series of recordings dealing with the employment law in Ireland. Um, Today's episode I'm going to discuss the employment contract and essentially how to draft an employment contract and what terms should be included in that contract. Firstly you need to understand that the employment contract in Irish law is made up of implied terms and express terms. Now, there's nothing that you can do about the implied terms. However, that's why great care should be taken about the express terms in the contract and why you should not cut corners if you're an employer and are putting contracts in place. You really don't want to be staring at the small print of a contract later on when you're facing a claim for, say, a breach of contract or unfair dismissal and saying, did I really put that in the contract? Firstly, implied terms fall into four broad categories. Those implied by statute. Those implied by custom and practice. Terms that are implied by law. And terms that are implied by collective agreements in a unionised workplace. As I say, there's nothing that you can do about these implied terms. However, the express terms are the ones that you really need to consider when you're drafting your contract. So, what express terms should be included in a contract? Firstly, the parties, essentially who the employer is uh, and um, who, who the employee is. Secondly, the date of commencement of employment. The date of commencement of the employment will be very important to establish various statutory entitlements of the employee, for example, the protection of unfair dismissal legislation, redundancy entitlements and so on. You would also want a term in there covering the job function or description. The temptation for an employer here is to have a widely drafted job description, however this can cause problems later on if the need for redundancy arises because the employee may well claim that their job description requires them to carry out duties different from those which the employer wishes to make redundant in which case the employee could make a case that they were being unfairly selected for redundancy another term that you will need in your contract obviously is the term covering the hours of work this should also deal with Overtime and whether it's paid or not, shifts, breaks, and uh, the employer should also put in a sentence or two which retains the right of the employer to lay off or place employees on short time. There is no general right in law to do this, but if you put it in the contract as an employer, you will be covered just in relation to overtime there's no statutory obligation on employers to pay overtime however most employers will pay higher rates of pay for work done outside normal working hours for example at a rate of time and a half or double time this should be stated in your contract of employment uh, just to ensure that there's no disputes or or rows about it another term that should be in the employment contract is the place of work It is advisable, however, for the employer to have a geographical mobility clause in the contract as an express term. An example of that would be, the company reserves the right, when determined by requirements of operational efficiency, to transfer employees to alternative work, and it is a condition of employment that they are willing to do so when required. However, the employer must act reasonably and responsibly in relation to transferring anybody. Exclusive service is also a term that you may wish to have in your contract of employment if you are an employer. Decisions in Irish employment law have held that employees have the right to work for another employer in their spare time. However, this work could not conflict with their duties of confidentiality and loyalty to their employer. Probation period any probation period or clause should not exceed 12 months. It should also provide for an extension of the initial period which typically would be 3 or 6 months and it should have a notice period um, less than outside the probation period. Reference should also be made to the disciplinary procedures of the company not applying during the probationary period. However if this is the case then a probationary policy should be drafted by the company setting out what procedure will apply during the probationary period. Even though an employee is on probation he or she is still entitled to fair procedures and natural justice when it comes to the termination of his employment. Also the wording of the probationary period is important because the district court in Ireland has held that the following clause gave rise to an entitlement to the employee to be paid for the remaining five months of her probationary period when he was dismissed after one month. The clause in question said, the first six months of this contract shall be a probationary period. This one clause is a good example of why you should have a legal professional draft any contract of employment you require, because in this particular situation, the employer was obliged to pay the employee for five months even though he had terminated the employment after one month. At common law, it appears that the employer has an implied right to terminate during the probationary period on the giving of specified or reasonable notice. This is why provision should be made in the contract for a shorter notice period during the uh, probationary period. The term or duration of contract should also be set out in the contract of employment, but this will only apply to a fixed term or specified purpose contract. Another important term then will be the one dealing with salary and pay. Setting out basic salary, for example, is straightforward. However, bonuses and commissions can cause problems later on if not set out clearly in the contract the employer will seek to have the payment of a bonus at his or her discretion employees obviously will be keen to see how they can become entitled to a bonus termination then during a bonus period should also be clarified and agreed another important term in your contract will be the holidays and annual leave uh, provision essentially your contract should make provision for uh, holidays and annual leave at least in line with the organization of working time act of 1997 however some employers give uh, greater entitlements than that set down in the statute you may have a requirement then for a clause in the contract for a company car this entitlement uh, should be set out with clarity as to the make model value so on uh, that's that's allowable sick play situation and the sick pay clause should be included in the contract. Disputes about sick pay and illness-related absence from work are very, very common. It should set out quite clearly whether the employer operates a sick pay scheme or not. There is no general entitlement to sick pay in Ireland. However, this entitlement may be implied from custom and practice in the workplace. The employer may operate a sick based scheme or he may operate an income continuous plan or some sort of healthcare insurance. This needs to be clear from the outset because it is, as I say, an area that causes great difficulty and leads to many disputes between employers and employees. There should also be a clause in your contract dealing with pension. If the pension, for example, or if there is a pension scheme, and if it is part of the remuneration package. Another important clause to have in your contract of employment is to do with retirement age. There is no statutory retirement age in Ireland, except for in the public service and in a small number of industries. For this reason, retirement age should be clarified and made clear in the contract, if you require one. It's worth noting that just because there's a retirement age specified in the pension scheme does not mean that there's an implied retirement age in the contract of employment. Another very important term in your contract of employment should be to do with grievance and uh, discipline issues. How are grievance procedures to be dealt with in the employment? How are grievances to be handled and also... The procedure in relation to disciplinary matters, these need to be clarified and made clear um, in your contract of employment. Generally, your disciplinary procedure should follow a particular statutory instrument, Statutory Instrument 146 of 2000. Basic principles of this statutory instrument are that you need to set out what will happen with a complaint or an allegation against you. How many stages will be followed in each event? The employer's right to choose then which stage to commence the disciplinary procedure and the penalty or sanction to be imposed. The right of representation of the employee and whether there is a right of appeal to any decision taken to impose a penalty or sanction. You may also require a clause in the contract which restricts the right of the employee, after leaving your employment, to compete with you, a non-compete clause in other words. There are two aspects, essentially, to any non-compete clause. The common law entitlement of the employer to protect trade secrets and confidential information and the Competition Act of 1991 needs to be taken into consideration. Regardless of the express term in any contract of employment dealing with this area, or indeed the absence of any express term, the courts do recognise the common law right of the employer to protect confidential information and trade secrets, even where the employment relationship is finished. However, there is no common law restriction on an employee competing with a former employer once she leaves employment. This is why a restrictive covenant is a good idea in the contract to protect, for for example, for a reasonable time and over a reasonable geographic area the employer's legitimate interest. This is not a restriction on normal trade or general competition post-employment though. It must be a restriction to protect a specific legitimate interest. However, if the employer breaks or repudiates the contract, he will generally be unable to rely on any restrictive covenant in this connection. The courts will also recognise a common law duty of obligation, fidelity and loyalty in all contracts of employment. This duty has been held to include an obligation not to compete with the employer while in his employment as i say there's no common law restriction on former employees canvassing or solici- soliciting business being done by their former employer the courts will recognize the validity of restrictive covenants in the contract provided number 1 the employer has a legitimate interest to protect number 2 the conduct or activity sought to be restricted must be reasonable the duration of the restriction must be reasonable and the geographical extent of the restriction must be reasonable. Another important term in your contract should be the termination of contract term. The notice period for termination of the contract of employment is a critical clause. If there is none and the contract is silent in this area, then reasonable notice must be given by the employer. However, litigation over what is reasonable Uh, is commonplace. and This can be avoided by setting out quite clearly a specified notice period in the contract. What is reasonable in any work situation or any employment will vary from contract to contract depending on a number of factors such as job function, length of service, the age of employee, customer practice and so on. For this reason though, uh, and without you know wanting to canvass these issues or have them thrashed out in court, it is better for the employer simply to specify a notice period in the contract in order to avoid a claim for wrongful dismissal. Another clause that you may wish to have in a contract is a search clause. This would be commonplace in retailing in particular. This would provide for the employer to search the employees' locker, baggage, vehicle, etc. Without this search clause in the contract, any search without consent could be considered to be an assault. You may also want a clause in the contract dealing with patents, inventions and copyright, in other words, intellectual uh, property. Unless there is an agreement to the contrary, any copyright immaterial which is made by the employee in the course of employment actually is the property of the employer. The same in principle applies to research and development work carried out which leads to an invention. You may also want a clause in the contract dealing with share options. You should have a bullying and harassment policy appended to the contract of employment It is a general dignity at work policy which aims to prevent bullying and harassment occurring in the the workplace. These are difficult areas for employers because an employer will be held to be vicariously liable for any bullying suffered by uh, an employee at the hands of, for example, a fellow employee or indeed he could be held liable for bullying of an employee by uh, an external person for example a supplier. You might also want clause in the contract dealing with internet and email usage, uh, resignation of office or directorships, what is the proper law, the law governing the contract. Uh, There are a whole range then of other clauses that you may want in the contract for example spelling out the dress code if there is one, the wearing of uniforms, what the company's uh, policy is in relation to punctuality and attendance, responsibility for tools, property uniforms, clothing, boots, etc. The requirement perhaps to hold a driving licence. There may be a clause in there dealing with compassionate leave, parental leave, work standards, and so on. Generally, I think the simpler that you can keep your contract of employment, the better. And the, um, a lot of these things, a lot of these issues, particularly to do with, for example, punctuality and attendance, wearing of uniforms, uh, responsibility for tools, compassionate leave, these things can be dealt with in a staff handbook, in in some sort of a handbook, dealing with the companies or employers, policies and procedures, which can be dealt with outside of the contract of employment so itself. Uh, I would recommend that the employment contract be kept as clear and as short as possible, without, you know, being too short, but just that gets the job done and covers you in the main areas. My name is Terry Aghori. This is the Employment Rights Ireland podcast. You can visit my website, employmentrightsireland.com, and feel free to contact me if you have any issue in relation to employment law, regardless of whether you're an employer or an employee. Thanks for visiting or listening to my podcast.